Yeah. All right. Please, yeah. So Please. in Parshas, many in Yonim and Parshas Karech, and, and I noticed that we covered a fair amount of uh, information from the Rabbi Shover and Parshas Karech. The truth is, if I would know what has been recorded and what hasn't been recorded, I would have said stuff I said years ago. It's all right. Can you repeat No, I'm looking at the Rabbi Shover on, on Parshas Karech, and I see I've said a fair amount and a lot of beautiful Yonim. You haven't got, I haven't got any of the recordings. You have recordings of Parshas Kerach? <laughs> not sure. <laughs> not sure, okay. Too late now, anyway. <laughs> Thank God, there's an Ushadas at Shervis. So, the, what am I trying to say? The way it went is as follows. I used to take the easier ones. And as the years going on, we're getting limited with, with the stock. So the hardest stuff is coming across. So I have to tackle it. And that's why, I don't know, you get much of it. So we'll see how we go. Here we go. Um, no, the, anyway. Let's better learn. So in Parshas Kerach, there is actually, uh, this also is, is relevant to Parshas Pinchas, but it, because it treats Parshas Kerach, so I saw a response from the Rogat Shover in a couple of places, and he uh, raises an issue and treats it and extends it to a halachic ruling, which is a practical ruling, and therefore at least very practical actually and uh, uh, and he has his take on it so I thought it would be nice to address it now the question is will we wrap it all up tonight we may not so even though true I don't want to mislead anybody I'm telling you in advance uh, the din of the Shonor says there's a din of Oino as Dvorim and the like so even though we're all sitting down with intention that by 9 o'clock we're going to finish at 9 Bezer Hashem, depending where we hold in the shear. But just Mestama. So if it means that we're going to just cover up to a point and we'll just scratch the surface, what the Rabbi Shavar says, so please, please God, the Mirza Hashem will continue it on Shabbos for those or who are interested. Monday. Hopefully not Monday, but maybe Parshas Pinchas. <laughs> okay. Also, before I forget, I think there's a wedding what, the coming Wednesday. Wednesday a week. Okay. And I'm invited. I'm not sure which day it's on, Pashat. Excuse me. I mean, I don't have to know which day. I'm not the Kalam, not the Chosen. So, because I think it's Wednesday. I'll double check. I'm just reminding you, just to bring to your attention, that if it's Wednesday, the shit will be off on Wednesday. That's all. So you'll have a break. And I think it's healthy, not just, not for me. You you'll guys need, You break. guys need a break. Let's go. Okay, let's learn. Ungenu Geret. Jesus happens to have this. They've got a webinar next Wednesday. They have a well, I, do, I do other learning as well. I have to have to do certain amount of education. So they've got the one that's, uh, that I can do at home on the... Uh, Wednesday. Next Wednesday, which is for all okay. Australia. So, um, I see, all right. I wasn't going to go, but I'll go. <laughs> oh, yeah? Know, okay. So, no, we'll be in touch. So, Mr. Monday, I'll tell you for sure. Yeah. I'm just, it just came yeah. to mind. I just thought I shouldn't forget. Okay. Okay. So, in Parshas Pinchas, in the, the Mice of Tzlofchot. So, there's, there's an interesting posuk and a Rashi. And the Rashi is based on the Chazal, and that is in Mesichta Bava Basra. Dav Kufyut Zayin and Kufyut Ches. But let's just see what we have from the Rashi and what the other Mepharshim say. And that is as follows. Before the Rashi, Chumash says, Parshas Pinchas, where it speaks about the... Shalom. Yeah, Hello. The, uh, the 886. Uh, 886. Yeah, 886. Where we speak about, yeah, Eretz Yisrael, Yerusha, right inheritance. 
and uh, so we on page 886 even though we, we're not learning Parshas Pinchas just remember that even though we may end up learning Parshas no Rashi anyway Chumash Chumash says Pasuk uh, Chumash what are we talking about Rashi Chumash Chumash says Okay, he died, he was on his own he, unfortunately he died he, he, was a, he didn't, whatever, a sin, he had a sin which he committed a sin and because of that sin he committed, Rashi tell us the sin so that's why he died, but he didn't die because he was he had no sons therefore he bowed Ben Chaifer, Ben Gilad, right? he was Chaifer, right? so he was Miyotse Mitzrayim Right? He left Egypt. And there are two opinions in the Gemara exactly how the Chlukas Eretz Yisrael, when they separate, gave the parts of Eretz Yisrael out to the tribes, right? How was it calculated? And on what principle? Based on Yoitzim Mitzrayim or based on those who were entering the land? It's not relevant to details, but in general, what's basically happening. So they're coming as daughters of Tzlofchot. And Tzlofchot is Yoitzim Mitzrayim. And due to the fact that he, so therefore he's, he's deserving a section, a part in Eretz Yisrael. Okay, so they want, they come to claim their father's section, their father's part, their part, their inheritance. And they say, Bonim loy hoyuloi. And if there were sons, so the sons would inherit their father. And their father's part in Eretz Yisrael. So therefore the daughters, as daughters, they want to take, and they therefore introduce and describe the scenario, what's going on, where he was, what happened to him, etc., etc. Anyway, and they say, etc. And Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't pass. And Moshe Rabbeinu brings the Mishpat before Hashem. Hashem should tell us the rule, the halacha, if they do or if they don't. And Hashem tells him what the halacha says. Yes, they take part in Eretz Yisrael, etc., etc. Okay. And the Torah goes on to tell us the details of the halachas of inheritance. Now, they introduce themselves by saying our father, they describe what, what went on with their father. Why was there a need to say it? And what was meant with what they said? Etc, etc. Now, yeah, what he was is a separate issue. Rashi says two opinions, what he was. What sin did he commit, which therefore he died. Rashi brings two opinions. If you take a look at the Rashi, you'll see. Rashi says uh, in the uh, Rashi, Bechetel Mes, there was a Machloikis. Rabbi Akiva says he was a Mekoshish. Rabbi Shimon says he was from the Ma'apilim. Okay, that's his sin. But basically they negated, they didn't, and take a look at the Rashi actually, I'm sorry. Rashi says, let's read the Rashi. V'huloi hoya. Rashi Gimel, because they were coming to convey to him that he died, right? Because of his own individual sin, uh, because of due to sin. They had to explain what sin. They didn't die because of the sin of the Nisloin in him. 
the complainers. I think Bislaina means complainers. What's is that the correct definition? Yeah. Okay, you know, because he's good with words, okay? Great Britain. No, no. Yeah, yeah. Okay. He's great, but you are interesting. Come on. Let's move. The Loibadas Kurach. And that's which they uh, which they uh, revolted against Hashem, spoke against Hashem. Okay, now let me just go step by step and introduce to you different Meforshe Rashi, excuse me, different Meforshe Chumash, exactly what they intended, what what was the intent of conveying this information to Moshe Rabbeinu. We're talking about Pasha's Kerach. So why did they have to convey to Moshe Rabbeinu that uh, their father wasn't part of the Mislaininim and the Adas Kerach? Why? So now. So they can? Have a share in Eretz Yisrael. What's it have to do? Because all of uh, Kairach, Adas Kairach would have lost their share. You sure about that? They lost more than their share. Mm-hmm. One moment. No. The 250, either. Seda, you jumped the gun. Thank you very much. Sorry. That We were going to conclude with that okay. after introducing what the Beforshim say. Because that's what the Gemara says. The Gemara says, the Gemara just that. And that's precisely what we're going to concentrate tonight on about the shear which they didn't have. Okay? As the Gemara says, But let's go on before we come to that. And the Ramban actually says that's the reason. He brings it to Shem Chazal, but he only says that, And uh, he says, the Ibn Ezra says the same. But let's see what they say. The Ramban himself says, he, he says, In the Pshat, what's the reason why they said it? Because they were afraid that Moshe Rabbeinu was under the impression that their father died because he was part of the Adas Kerach. And if that's the case, oh boy. What was the Adas Kerach? They're all revolting against Moshe Rabbeinu. <laughs> Shine kicking those. That's all they need. So Moshe Rabbeinu is going to look after them? <laughs> so therefore, if Moshe Rabbeinu is the son, if, if they... If he revolted against Moshe, so definitely Moshe Rabbeinu, we saw how the way Moshe Rabbeinu related to the Adas Kerach, right? It was terrible, right? And he ends up really disliking them, etc., etc. They're doing the wrong thing. So surely he's not going to look after his orphans and his descendants, etc., etc. So therefore, they're going to be mistreated. Says the Ramban, therefore, they had to make it clear to Moshe Rabbeinu that because of this reason, you should know we're not part, my father wasn't part of it, he wasn't revolting against you. And the Mela, therefore, Tell us what the halach is. Um, the Amik Hanetziv on the Sifri also seems to want to say that that's also behind what Rashi says. In other words, even though Rashi seems to quote the Chazal and explain that when the Gemara, when the Potera says, um, uh, So if you notice, there are three expressions, three descriptions. So the Gemara says that is referring to the Adas, the, the Meraglim, which are called Eida. Those fellows that complained and had issues, right? Etc., etc. Exactly what period? Questionable. When they were those miscellaneous, we'll see, we'll soon talk. But Adas Kerach is the Adas Kerach, which will in the Parshas Kerach. 
so Rashi seems to, and the Sifri says the same in a different order. The, the Amek Anasiv corrects the order of the Sifri, whatever the case is. But it seems that Rashi quotes Misloininim, right? He quotes two, he doesn't mention the Miraglim, but he mentions Misloininim and Adas Kerach. The same also quoted also the Ramban in the name of Rashi. What does Rashi quote Misloininim? What does it say in the Posik Misloininim? It says in the Posik that they said he's not from Adas Kerach. But the Chazal say, yes, because either Besoicha Eidu or Anoidim Hashem is a description of the Misloininim. So therefore, Rashi says, they weren't from the Misloininim and they weren't from Adas Kerach. Um, so it would seem Rashi is quoting the Chazal. And the Chazal had their reasons why they say what they said, as mentioned a moment ago from the Sechda Baba Basra. Says the Emek Anetziv, definitely Rashi is not following, is not, in, Rashi's intent is not how to explain what the Chazal say. Rashi is saying something very practical and down to earth, especially in the light that Rashi holds that Leboi Ha'oretz Nishalka Ha'oretz, that the Eretz Yisrael was distributed to those who entered the land. It wasn't relevant to what was going on with the, the calculation. It's not based on the Yitzim Mitzrayim. So therefore, what's more relevant is who is those who are going to enter the land. And that's the calculation is based on that, not so much what's going on with their father and the status of their father. So Bameda says, let's not talk over giving Sakhta Baba Bas, we're never going to get out of it, right? At, you know, I saw a funny, Mutnazach, a lot of Mephorashi, Ashas, when it comes to that section, which is very difficult and technical, in this, in Yeshnoichlin, they have no Pirush on it. I take, I have a fair amount of, of commentaries on the Shas, yeah? You would expect that, you know, and I thought, I'm touching on it, so let me take it on. I usually do that, right? I inspect what the commentaries say. It's Mamish, I can count them off my, I can't even count them on my fingers because they're Mamish, Kemat, Mam. They really say much. You have a Rishonim, Shittim, Mikubetzas. But I'm saying you're standard, Meforshi, Achronim. Come on, they don't have, they skip over two blood Gemara from Kuf Yudzayin to Kuf Chof. Mot Nezach. Anyway, Ma'am Mazel. Let's move. Sinish Negeye. The Iker. So the Emeganetziv says yes, like a little in the vein of the Ramban. And he says, look, because what happened? That as Kerach revolted against Moshe and Aaron, Hakadosh Baruch etc., etc., it was a real des desecration of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's name. And because it was a desecration of Hakadosh Baruch Hu's name, <laughs> so therefore it would only be logical and sensible that if Tzlovchod was part and parcel of that, that he surely would make sure that there is no one will remember these fellows who desecrated the Lord's name, right? So therefore, why should he make sure that they should have part on the land as an extension of Tzlovchod, right? As an extension of their father. Right? Well, what's going on? Your father was no good, so therefore I can't look after you because I don't want to have any remembrance of your father. Your father desecrated Hashem's name. He deserves to be, to be, so to speak, uh, yeah, out of the picture. Says they cannot see. Therefore, they said no, nothing doing. He already, he firstly wasn't part of it, right? And besides, even though he committed a sin, his 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 death was a kapora, was an atonement for a sin. So he's atoned for, and therefore there's no reason why you shouldn't look after us. That's what Amy Karatsev says at Shatan Rashi. Okay. Uh, the Svarno has a very interesting shot. And it could be explained, it will explain for us, in addition, the Svarno tells us, number one, why did they have to basically take their father out of the Adask Kerach, number one. Number two, uh, I'm sorry, before we go to the Svarno, just interestingly, uh, due to the fact that, based on the Ramban mainly, due to the fact that the Ramban says that they, their father wasn't really revolting against you, right? They weren't part of it, right? So the Rabbeinu Bechai quotes this, okay, this reason from the Ramban, as he usually does, and he says, therefore, some commentaries say that's why Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't be the Poisik, couldn't be, couldn't be the judge 
when it came, came to this issue, because he was a Negea Bedover. In other words, he was like, like it was in a sense like bribing him. Ah, our dad was good with you, right? And if our dad is good with you, so therefore treat us nicely. So therefore, Vayakrav, it says in the Chumash, Vayakrav, Moshe has mishpot and lefnei Hashem, Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't be the Poisik. That's what Rabbeinu Bechai says. Rabbeinu Bechai says he doesn't like this pshat. He doesn't like the Yesh Meforshim. Why? Because they didn't, he didn't have to bring it before Hashem. Could have gone to other judges. Because they were Rosh Alfi Israel, in addition to Moshe Rabbeinu. Could have brought it to the other judges, to Paskin. Didn't have to bring it after before Hashem. So therefore, the real reason is, like Rashi brings, and the Chazal say that halacha, it, 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 it left him. In other words, the judge, the halacha, the, what, the final ruling, uh, le, uh, left his mind. In other words, he, he forgot it, for whatever reason. Kodesh Baruch Hu should be forgot, forgotten by him, and therefore he had to go to Hashem to tell him what the halacha is, etc. I didn't even know how to relate it. Bechol uh, it is just an interesting anecdote on this point. Uh, the Munkacharov in his sefer, he has a lot of svarim, right? He's known, he's known as the Minchas Alozer. Uh, but Bechol he wrote a sefer called Divrei Torah, a phenomenal sefer, a compilation of like hundreds of Torahs, a veritable, beautiful book. It's in Hebrew, but it's very user-friendly. It's a gewaldige chosh of a sefer. In Chele Gimel, Oistezvov, if I recall correctly, I saw it only an hour ago, so why don't I remember? Anyway, Strefzachamel. Chele Gimel, and the third section is like broken into in sections into eight parts, whatever. So the second, the Madura Gimel, it's called. Yeah, I think it's Oistezvov in the 15th uh, chapter uh, section. He says there as follows He says, uh, he heard in the name of the Minchas Chinuch as follows. The Minchas Chinuch is known as the commentary on the Sefer Achinuch, and he was a Roman Tornapol. Anyway, when he was elected Rav, it wasn't so easy for him to become elected. And anyway, he became elected as the Rav, and they, yeah, and they all voted for him, and he got in. He's the Rav of Tornipol, and he's a shot. Ayid, after he was elected, he gets in, he says to him, you should know that there was a big Kegenerschaft against your election, but I was um, for you all the way. I pushed you, and thanks to me, you got in. Finished. It ended. All's getting fine. Some months down the road, Dinter. he comes in with a chavraman, and he has a case to bring before the mechaschidach, and the mechaschidach kicked him on, and looks at him and he says, hmm, I know you from somewhere. <laughs> so the mooncatcher puts in brackets, it could even be that this guy originally intended to do that all in order to bribe him. For the future. Yeah. But that already he puts it on his own because the Mukachu was a sharfer. But what exactly what the Mikhaskhirh basically re related back to him, he says, Listen, I can't take the dinter, I can't be the judge, because due to the fact that you are kind to me and got me into my position, so therefore, in a sense, that's like I'm I'm tilted, so to speak, to you, because I'm I'm thankful to you, and therefore I may not judge it correctly. And he says, and the Munkacha Rav says with the or maybe the Minchas Chinuch said. The Minchas Chinuch said that with this I understand the parsha of Pinchas, where the Bnei Slofchot come and tell Moshe Rabbeinu that he's not part of Adas Kairach, their father, and therefore they ask him to do, you know, to pass him for us, and Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't pass him, is not the judge. That's the same reason, because they were clearing their face with him and saying our father wasn't against you so basically it's in a sense bribery so because it's in a sense in the, even in a very fine way bribe therefore Moshe Rabbeinu didn't pass and so this is just the anecdote in this pirush uh, going to the Svarno he says an interesting thing the Svarno says which the Svarno basically explains another issue 
In other words, the Svona explains for us, you know, eh, I'll tell you the Svona now, even though it'll, it'll blend in nicely with the Gemara, but where are we? Uh, excuse me. Where are we? What page number? Okay, here we go. What happened by Adas Kerach? Says Rashi, says the Svono, What happened there? They were swallowed up, right? And he also, all the booty, whatever was left, he warned the people, don't come near it. Right? Because God forbid if you can touch the booty, the stuff, their possessions which were left, etc., etc., you'll end up being swallowed up with them. In other words, basically, he said that everything is, how do you call it, it's, 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 uh, it's, 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 wrong word, sorry. Untouchable. Okay, keep away from it. It's, <laughs> keep off, right? So, Bemele, go on. That's number one. The chain also, they were judged, Nidoyne Bidino Shamayim. Hashem judged them from heaven, Bomroi, and he said, what it, like it says, Ves kol, Ves, Ves kol archush, right? All the property, everything went, is gone. Down. Down, right? So he goes on, so what do they say? So they say, no, our dad is not part of that, which therefore all of his uh, wealth and all of his whatever should have gone with the rest. His only sin was that he should die. In other words, he had a personal sin, and therefore the atonement for his death, the atonement for his sin was his death. No other additional punishments were coming to him. Right? That's the meaning. That's the only sin coming to him. No other sins. You see, in addition to their death, you see that also their wealth went along and people weren't able to even touch their wealth. Right? Here, the only thing is he had to be atoned for his sin and his death atones for his sin. But his wealth still remains. So what are they saying? Ah, if his wealth still remains, says the Sfurnu, so therefore, Loi, here we go. He says, therefore, Loi, so therefore they're saying, therefore we deserve the inheritance. In other words, therefore all his properties, meaning what is coming to him, what is due to him, to have the Yerusha, the inheritance, the Eretz Royal, shouldn't have been removed from him. Definitely it belongs to him. And if so, we are deserving of it. Mashenken, if he would have been part of Kerach, we see all possessions of Kerach, God, gone. So therefore maybe he would have been part of that. Okay. Um... You know who has a fascinating shot? I'm not going to say too many more. Okay? Good. But I'll conclude with that and we'll go to what the Gemara says. The Meshach Chochma says a gewaltige zach. But definitely what he says is novel. In other words, two things are novel. novel number, one's, number, number one, his analysis of the din. And number two, applying the din to our case. And he says as follows. The Gemara says, you know, it's like, it, it very often, frequently, he says a lot of novel things. And we mention, therefore, the Meshachachma, frequently, not just to show how sometimes he opposes, or the Rav opposes the Meshachachma, but also the Meshachachma has Gvaldike Pirushim. They're both from Dvinsk. Interesting. Anyway. The Avir in Dvinsk must have been very pristine. Okay, and we're moving. The Iker. So the Meshachachma says, the Gemara says, the Mesichta Sanhedrin, says the Gemara as follows. That if one is executed by the court, his possessions, his properties go to those who inherit him. 
If one is executed by the king, by the crown, his money goes to the crown. Says he as follows, Moshe Rabbeinu was a melech. Now, the, the, forget leave Moshe Rabbeinu out, I'm sorry. The Gemara, take the Gemara. Now Rashi says, what are we talking about? If he's executed by the crown, why should the crown execute him? So Rashi says, if he's murdered by Malchus, a Mufurish Rashi, there's a Machlokis and Mufurish, if it is so, what does it mean executed by the crown? Rashi says Mufurish, it means in a case where someone is revolting against the king, so then the king, yes, so he's executed by the king, by the crown. Now, does he actually have to be executed by the crown, or even if he's executed by the court, due to the fact that the, they're just implementing it, so to speak, but it's execution due to the fact that he revolted against the king, so it's called ex execution by the crown. Okay, what do we? So he says as follows. He says Moshe Rabbeinu is, is a melech. Vayehi bishurun melech. The pasuk says he's a king, and he says the bnei slofchod yitochen. It's possible, and he says it's possible. He doesn't mean to say is it possible. Of course it's possible. I mean to say he says it's possible. They expounded the pasuk. They were darshoniyos. What does that mean? It's possible. The sifri and the gemara says they were. They were darshoniyos. And they were chakmoniyos, they were smart, they were learned, they were tzitkoniyos, they were righteous, etc., etc. So when he says, Yitochen shahoyu chakmoniyos, it doesn't mean to say he doesn't know what the Gemara says. Yitochen that we can, I believe he means, we can apply what the Gemara says, that they were darshoniyos also to this posuk. To this that they come and introduce to Moshe Rabbeinu, that their father wasn't part and parcel of Adas Kerach. They did that based on this, that they're expounding the halacha, so to speak. And they're saying along this, it's like uh, the, the, the Zichr and Krendel, yeah? right? There were great women in Jewish history. Yeah? I have a Gvaldika book for years. It's called From Sarah to Sarah from some woman who compiled Dvorim Neflorim from Jewish women throughout the ages. A simple book, like maybe a hundred pages. There aren't too many pages. <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean anything. But maybe she didn't find more, or maybe there aren't any more. That's not my business. But it's a quite a, quite a, a, quite a, a substantial uh, uh, publication from Sarah to Sarah. I'm just saying. So we're moving on. I'm sorry. And the Iker. So, uh, oh, so the Chakmoni is, the Bnei Slavchot say, now, so Adas Kerach, they were under the impression as follows Adas Kerach, all of the, all the inherited the inheritance, the rechush of when Adas Kerach revolt against Moshe Rabbeinu. Moshe Rabbeinu is a king. So they're executed. And why they, they execute? They were executed, right? It was a misabide shamai. They weren't gunned down. They weren't beheaded, right? But he says, it's regarded, it's ke, it's like Haruge Melech, Haruge Malchus. And that's the novel thing of this Meshachachma. Even though it's Misebidei Shamayim, but it's like I mentioned a moment ago, some of Forshim say, Rishonim say, that even if the court actually does the execution, nevertheless, it can be based on this, that it's because of the execution of the, uh, of the crown. So here too, it's Misebidei Shamayim, Kodesh Baruch, who kills Adas Kerach, right? This gets swallowed up, right? Their inheritance goes to Meshach Rabbein. Okay, good. So that's what they understood with Kerach. So they were afraid, if Moshe Rabbeinu was under the impression that their father was from Adas Kerach, they have nothing to claim. Because they want to claim the father's inheritance. They want to inherit the father. But the inheritance of the father goes to Moshe Rabbeinu. Because if he's from Adas Kerach, he's revolting against the king. So the Kaharuge Malchus. Ah, he says, Moshe Rabbeinu is a Levi. Moshe Rabbeinu is from the Levites. And the halacha is, the Levites don't take part in the land anyway. Mm -hmm. He says, that, that makes no difference. 
He says, the fact is that even if Moshe Rabbeinu doesn't take part in the land and none of the land is given to Moshe, but he, if he's the inheritor, so he takes his inheritance and gives it to the other, to the other tribes. The Iker is, but the Bnei Slavka don't get it. And if that's the case, that's why they had to introduce, make this introduction and say, no, he wasn't Be'adas Kerach. Therefore, it wasn't Ka'arugi Malchus. So therefore, the inheritance remains and therefore, we're the, we're the Yorushim. Therefore, it's coming to us. Yafeh. Check it out. It's a Meshachoch Men Parshas Pinchas. Okay. The Gemara says, going back to the Gemara. We should have started with the Gemara. The Ramban, and the Ramban says, so says the Ibn Ezra. The Ramban says, the Gemara says as follows. The reason why they had to say, says the Gemara, due to the fact that the misloininim va'adas kerach loinotlu chelik ba'aretz. Not just what they swallowed up and all their properties and everything was taken away, but also this section, this part of Eretz Yisrael, their inheritance in Eretz Yisrael, the section of Eretz Yisrael, which was due to them, loinotlu chelik ba'aretz. In other words, we're calculating it based on the Yitzim, it's trying the calculation, those, the, the descendants, in other words, the children, right? The Eniklach, who are going to enter Eretz Yisrael. And they want to now inherit the section of those who left Egypt or those who died out before. They, they are not They didn't take part in the land, says the Gemara. Therefore, says the Gemara Mephorish, that's why they had to make it clear and then introduce them as an introduction and say that he, they are not Meadas Kerach. And because they're not Meadas Kerach, therefore their father has an inheritance in part in the land, and therefore we want, we want to inherit our father. Straightforward. Uh, just on this section that it says the Gemara says the Gemara concludes what does misloininim mean? misloininim sheba'adas kerach misloininim are not a, sex, a separate a segre, segregated from the adas kerach the Gemara concludes and says because if the misloininim mean not those who revolted with kerach so there were misloininim throughout the ages, and if it means all the misloininim throughout this, the period of the desert, they didn't take a part of the land, and there's a, an opinion in the Gemara that Kolev and Yahushua inherited their part. So if so, Kolev and Yahushua should own the whole Eretz Yisrael, says the Gemara. It's illogical. So therefore the Gemara says no. When it says misloininim didn't have part of, didn't get part in the land, it didn't get any, uh, yeah, any chelik in Eretz Yisrael, it's talking about the misloininim sheba'adas kerach. Okay. Who are the misloininim sheba'adas kerach? Says the Rashbam. So we have adas kerach and misloininim, those who are complainers in the adas kerach. So the Rashbam says adas kerach means kerach and his family. Misloinim Shabadas Kerach. That's the 200. Let's go back to our Chumash. In Parshas Kerach, that's the 215 to see the heads of the tribes, right? The, the princesses of the tribes, the 250. So those are the Misloinim Shabadas Kerach. That's what the Rashbam says. That's what the Rashbam says. Uh, the Amik Hanetziv in, in Sifri in Parshas Pinchas says, Well, Adas Kerach is. Kerach and his family, they're Levim. They Saibi don't get part. No inheritance in the land. So what are we talking about? That's number one. Anyway, there are other issues with the Rashbam's Prat. And therefore, the Shittim Bekubetzes and the Chidusha Yoritva learn that the Misloin, excuse me, I'm sorry. 
Rabbi Yoni? Ryder. Yoni? Yoni. Hello? Is tomorrow night's evening for, for the Rav Roshi for men and women? Because there's no mention, so I was there to ask. I'm wondering. You're going to mention it? You're going to edit? People should know. Okay. All right. Okay. Excuse me for that. <clears throat> yeah? So a second pirush is as I saw actually before from quoted, but it's found in the Shittim Mekubetzis B'Shem the Rabbi Eliezer Mimitz, I believe it's the Rom, Rom, and uh, the Ritva brings the two, and that is as follows. He says, listen to this. Wow. He says Adas Kerach definitely is the two hundred and fifty Nisiyeh What is the Mislein in Mishav Adas Kerach? Take a Chumash. If take a look after the story of Kerach, it says, Vayiloinu, yeah, 828, after Kerach and his people went. It says, Vayiloinu, Koladaz bin Yisrael, Mimochras al Meshva al Aaron Lamer. Atem hamitem esam Hashem. So the, the Shittim Bekubet says, and the Ritva claim, why don't they, another Pshat, another Tanya, why the Raj, they don't like the Pshat of the Rajbam? It's because we don't find that the Nesiyei or Eida are described as Misloininim. Nowhere in the Chumash will you find that. That's why they don't like his Pshat. Therefore they want to say that Misloininim Shabbat Kerach is these group of people, starting from 828, page 828, Posuk and unfortunately, wow, thousands, look how many, 14,700 died. All right, they were misloining him, it said on them by Eloinu. So they were misloining him after Adas Perach. Uh, the fact is that uh, the Ritzvah doesn't even like this shot. He says, Why do you call them misloining Sheba Adas Perach? It should have said Misloininim Ba'adas Kerach because they were not part of Adas Kerach. This was after Adas Kerach. Mm. They came and complained in our issues. This is Kol Adas B'nai Yisrael. So that's Mamish Ashaila at Sorachim Godel. And if it says Kol Adas B'nai Yisrael, yeah. it would mean Gant Klal Yisrael. That's impossible, right? So then the Gant Klal Yisrael shouldn't have a chilek. So that's why Mistamid, they learn it only means Adas B'nai Yisrael. There's a certain section you have to look in the Forshim. Certain Mistamid will show you in the Forshim. A Chumish Mistamid don't learn it, it means Kipshutai. Okay, that's not Gantz Klal Yisrael. I believe so. I didn't get a chance to look at the Beforshim. But it's Porsche that you have to say you have to, that it wasn't Kaladas Bnei Yisrael. Because it was Kaladas Bnei Yisrael. Zesach Lomaisa who died, only Amazing Mamma gave our boss, Rolof. So it was Gantz Klal Yisrael. So only, why only these died and these didn't? Okay. So I'm saying it needs further investigation exactly what's going on, what the numbers are. But I'll call upon him. I just want to conclude that he says, Mislanim Shabbatas Kerach is, are these, Vayiloinu. And he just doesn't like this chat, says the Ritva, because it's a Shebaadas, correct? It's not Shebaadas, interesting. He fetches in these words. He says it's only Baadas, Adas, Adas, Adas. Yeah. And therefore he brings a third shot from the Ra'oh, who says, No, the Misloinim are gone. No, the Misloinim, they were Misloinim by Miraglim. The same Misloinim came, came around again. They re, they're rehashed, rehashed, and they come around again. Those are the Misloinim, which are the known Misloinim, the known complainers. Like they say, the born complainers, they always complain. They was from before, they come around here again. Anyway, let it be. These are the different three Pshatim. Now, the Gemara says as follows. The Miraglim, the Miraglim, Rashi brings it Mefurish and Chumash. In Parsha Shlach, says the Chumash and Rashi as follows. That uh, page eight oh eight. 
Well, of course, if the rest died, they lived. What does it mean they lived? So Rashi explains. Rashi says that. Take a look at the Rashi. We're not talking about, of course, these physically died and these physically lived. The Torah is telling us something in addition. That the section, the Chelik and Eretz Yisrael, which the Meraglim should have been, should have been set aside for them, their section didn't just go to the rest of the Am Yisrael. This went off to Yehoshua and Kolev. They inherited the section of the Meraglim, the Meraglim lost their part in Eretz Yisrael. Who inherited it? Yeshua and Kolev. That's the meaning of the Choyu. Merachin brought him. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're not going into the detail now. So, Malamit Shanot Luchelkam Shemalaraglim Ba'oritz Vekomu Tachtayim Lechayim. That's the Pshat of this Posuk. Okay? Now, um, it's very clear that the Meraglim have a part in Eretz Yisrael, but they didn't receive it. Who receives it? Yeshua Vekolov receives it on their behalf. Now, I'm just saying this on my own, and it could be it's logical. And I saw something like what I'm going to say in Lukutus Sikhas, Volume 8, in Parshas Pinchas. The reason I'm saying it is because I was looking for some analysis on what's going on here. Because I believe I'm still looking, and it could be it's a shyless tam, and I need a minus tam. That means a simple question, and I need a simple answer. Now, something makes me think the Rogit Shover is out to explain it. Now, we've already seen already a hint in the Svarno about it. The Svarno says, if we would have been from Adas Koirach, we see from Koirach that all of their possessions went. So, therefore, they say our father wasn't from Koirach, and therefore the inheritance should also remain. In other words, we say, what do we say? In other words, basically, he's basically just testifying, he's, he's recording what the Gemara says, that Kerach's physical possession went, and also their part, which was coming to them in Eretz Yisrael, went. So they're saying, no, we still are meant to get our part. He really doesn't explain why Take. Why Take were the Beneg Adas Kerach not deserving of a Chelek in Eretz Yisrael? Now, when it comes to the Miraglim, you can explain it. This is what it says in Lukutu Sikhs and Ches. I'm just pairing it together. I hope it's right. He says, look, it's Midah, can I get Midah? Just, what did they die? Hashem said, they came and spoke against the land. Right? Efeski Azob, so I could take out the Chumash. HaKadosh Baruch says, ah, you spoke against the land, that's why you're physically going to die. You're not going to live to see Eretz Yisrael, etc., etc. That was the punishment. That's why there was the Chetam that was the Chetam Maraglim. That's why there was the Mises Maraglim, and all the in the stay of the 40 years, right? The whole procedure, which is Mefurish of the Chumash. Mefurish of the Chumash. We can therefore appreciate, for the same reason, Right? Why don't they, they, and the Rebbe says that in a note, why they don't get a chelik in Eretz Yisrael and call a video Yeshua gets their share? Because we bowed the whole thing is so the it's all based on that they spoke against Eretz Yisrael, right? And that's where they physically died. That was the punishment, etc., etc., the whole story of the 40 years in the desert. But maybe therefore, when we come also to the part of their inheritance in Eretz Yisrael, they're also not deserving of it for the same reason. And that's why Yeshua will get, get it because they have to speak. So everything seems to fit. The Shaili is why Adas Koirach? The Gemara makes it very clear that Adas Koirach, no one got their share. Because there's now extra 
uh, extra parcels of land in Eretz Yisrael. So he was equally separated. There's now more parcels of land for the rest of Kal Yisrael. But no one is, in, so to speak, inheriting their they're parcels of land. They just didn't take apart. So we, we totally need to take them out of the picture. So we broaden the parcels. We broaden everybody's parcel equally. It's not something individual for Yeshua Vekol, if the Gemara says, right? And the question is, he doesn't ask a question. He just says it. And why does the Rogat Shover say it? The Rogat Shover explains why Taka, and what do we see? He doesn't even explain why. But I can see from what he says, I can understand how he explains why Taka, they lost, they don't take apart in Eretz Yisrael. Why? He's basically the Shiloh, well, he was asked the Shiloh, and this is why it's going to come to something like a final ruling in Halacha. He was asked about someone who was an apostate. And he doesn't, he is, uh, 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 he is a mummer uh, la'avoy de Zora, right? Who worships false deities or desecrates the Shabbos in public, right? So he's called a mummer or a mishumid, yeah? Okay? So, uh, in English, apostate, that's the way they translate it. That's why I'm looking at it. Okay? So it's, uh, he's asked, I'm a chal Shabbos, can you be mitzarifim to a minion? And we know it's a very popular shaila. It's a very practical shaila. And this is a shaila which was, in, 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 people, daily Israel inquired throughout the ages. And why is it not a simple answer? Even though the rule is as follows, that Amachal Shabbos Bifarhesia, right? Is Ka'oive Davidezora, right? Someone who, as if he's regarded halachically and de de defined halachically as if he's de he, 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 he serves deities, he worships de deities, he serves idols, he's an idol worshiper. And an idol worshiper, you can't be Mitzar of Tulmingen. So the Shaili is, even though we know Afal Pishachati Yisroilu, etc., even though he sinned, he's still a Yid, etc., etc., in relation to his Kiddushin and his Gerushin, etc., etc., that all is binding. Nevertheless, okay, so, Mechal uh, Shabbos, for someone who is desecrates the Shabbos in public, right, in public, uh, has, what is the definition of that? Because once it's defined, a Yid is defined as a Mechal Shabbos, a desecrator of the Shabbos, and it's in public, and we have the definition of Mechal Shabbos, Parhesia, then is regarded as someone who is uh, like uh, someone who serves deities, and can't use the what is What is, how is it defined? So throughout the ages, there are, I'm not passing anything now, I'm just talking hypothetical now. Right? So he was asked the Shiloh, and you had the Shiloh throughout. So there's known uh, leniencies, and there are also known stringencies. Certain communities follow certain leniencies, certain communities follow it with the, to the letter of the law, very stringent, etc., etc. I'm not going to go into the detail now, maybe Shabbos. The Ike. So he was asked the Shiloh, and he starts, the word of style is, that he'll only answer in the last two words at the end of the Shiloh. But he starts studying, he starts from scratch. And basically he starts analyzing what is the, what is the role of a yid or any individual when it comes to, to, to something which is communal. What role does he play? What identity does he have, in other words? When there's a minion, right? We're talking about a seraphim to a minion. Exactly what identity does he have there? Is he identified, does he have any individuality there or not? Or does he become part and parcel of that community or that communal thing and, the, and he loses his identity, right? This is an issue, this is a, a, a concept and a principle which is found throughout the Shas and many alochas. But the Rogachov is very big on analyzing it and we've introduced it, we've dealt with this throughout the years, Baruch Hashem, and, and, and highlighted them in different shilas, in different cases. Okay. So therefore, right immediately, that's where he, he goes to those areas where this is discussed. 
and he comes to. In, in, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm, I'm plucking out a section which is relating to us, and then we'll go. For, if t- time won't lie, I'm just plucking out this section. And he starts after discussing different issues about the identity. In other words, if there's any individuality in in in, in, in when the individual joins a commu- community or a or a, a group, either in relation to carbonos or in relation to minion, etc., etc. Okay, many different halachas. He brings to our attention the case of Kairach, Adas Kairach. And he says, look what the Gemara says. And he basically says as follows, something very interesting, which I haven't seen anyone really treating it. It would be nice to find. Now, based, just letting you know that in this, the Rogachar has a couple of responses on this, the Rabbonim in Russia, or wherever it was, Mamish were buggy with, there were about four or five or six or seven responses of Mamish dealing directly with this, and Mamish treats it from all different angles, and there's a, a, a tshuva from Rab Itzel Eponevizer in Zecher Yitzchok, Chelek Aleph, Simon Beis, where this issue, this Rav also brought this Shaila to his attention, and he mentions what the Rogachavar told you, is Lavdafke. Okay? Interesting. In other words, this had, it made some headlines. In other words, Rabbi Tzalaponovich was a big godel, you know, very, very knowledgeable, very broad-minded, a very in-depth thinker, etc. And he didn't, he says, what the Rogachavar says is Lavdafke, as a sort of expression. And he treats the different Inyonabi about the Karbonis part. But let's go to the Adas Kerech part. I didn't seem to find anything about Kerech there. The Rogachavar says as follows. Adas Kerech loinot lochelik ba'oretz. Why? Val Korachach. He just makes the conclusion. He says the reason is the heim nivdelu min geder tzibur. The imloykein ba me ovdu schusam. He says the only logic he can understand, and he says it here and in other places. Why the adas kerach? Right, a whole section within Eden. Right, lose their rights. For a parcel on Eretz Yisrael, says the Rogachover, because they sense. they forfeited their rights because due to the fact that they were mavdil them, they are together. Well, he goes on to say they they are were were reg- defined as mumrim, mumrim heyisem. Basically, what did they do? They revolted against Hashem. They revolted against Moshe Rabbeinu. Revolted against all the appointments of Moshe Rabbeinu, of Hashem's appointees, right? So they are, in, in principle, in principle, mumrim, they are apostates, right? In the sense, as, as the definition of an apostate, they're not literally serving, right? They're worshiping idols, right? But in the principle, in the principle of the matter, in the, in, the, in, the, in the concept, they're basically going against Hashem. The Chazal say he was regarded as an, an apostate. He was called an apocurus, kurach. Right? We've discussed it in the past also, right? He's an apocurus. Because he's revolting against Hashem and Hashem's appointments and Moshe Rabbeinu, his leaders, etc., etc. And the Kohen. But mainly he says, Val Korchoch, it's definite, that's the reason. That when it comes to something communal, in other words, when he's part of the community, Kalal Yisroel is getting Eretz Yisrael. Hashem says that I'm promising Avram Avinu that your seed will receive Eretz Yisroel. So that Kalal Yisroel, as, as, as a people, right, will be getting Eretz Yisroel and then we're giving each one their parcel, their sections. With, based on the, the, the girl, based on the Urim Vitumim, based on the Melech, etc. But everyone has a part in Eretz Yisroel. They don't have a part. Why? They basically forfeited it because they became apostates. 
So when you're part of a tzibur, and you become an apostate, you fall away, you break away. You forfeited it yourself. You are segregated. The halacha segregates you from it. You know we're part of it. But merely you're not part of Neretz Yisrael. And he goes on to say a novel thing. He says it's only by a tzibur, by a, when, you, when you're part and parcel of a tzibur, of a community. So then there's no way you can stick together with that tzibur. Apostates can't, you're not, till now you're one nation, right? But you're one nation under God, if you want to use that expression, right? But when, God forbid, you're an apostate, you're going against the Kodesh Baruch Hu, you're basically breaking yourself away. So you're broken away. That's where they have the Hanukkah and roll. And he says, look what he says. Here he says, he says, even though the fact is that a mummer is Yerush. Here we come to a very interesting shakal of Atariya. There's a big time, broad, so broad that it's unbelievable. Big machlokis between the Go'inim, in Tshuva Sa'go'inim, and the Rishonim, if some, an, an individual apostate, Nebuch, a tata, a tazun, and the son became a Meshumet, a Mumer, is the Yerush's father or not? Tutsach, you have no idea what's Tutsach, of Tishan of Bank. There is a school of thought of the, the great Go'inim, in the Goenic era, and therefore followed up with the Rishonim, and it's found in the Achroinim, etc., etc., that a Yerush, if he's a Meshumet, he doesn't venerate his father, because he basically severed his ties with his father. He's not defined as Lezarach, HaKadosh Baruch says to Avram Avinu, Lezarach Anasati, to your seed I will give the land, the Mela, this is like the principle, that's the core, that he has to be the seed of the father, and he has to be identified with the father, but now that you've segregated yourself from your father, you don't yash. Others say it's only, so some say it's biblical, based on the Pasuk. Mamish Midei Rice, he doesn't Yarshim. Yeferlach. Okay, don't let that go into detail. I just want to just basically, after, I'm, I'm finishing because I promised, yeah? No, I'm just going to say, Samar Humer is a Shiksa. All separate issues. That's, those, he's even a very. But he said, he said, he said Shiva. Maybe. They're all different halachas. Look at Yerush, it'll be an apostate, it'll be idols, idol worship, etc. Over Avera, and Nebuch, it's not going to kinder, okay, it's not going to be a kinder, okay, okay, all separate issues. Let's go on. Uh, others say it's only rabbinic. Only say it's only rabbonum. Takonis, etc., etc. Anyway, then there's another school of thought. The opposite, the extreme, says no, midor, right? So biblically, a mishumid does yashim. Yes, definitely, and it's all based on how to explain a shtikal gemara in Mesech to Kiddushin. In Kiddushin, David Chesel, brings this gemara. The gemara says in Kiddushin, David Chesel, Medalef, that an idol worshiper, a goy, an oivid, a vidazora, an oivid kechovim, is yoreshes oviv. Oivid kechovim inherits his father. Says the gemara, because it says in the Pesach, it says, V'es Esav nasati, es harsei, loreshes oisoi. So Esav, right, inherits says Rashi in Chumish, inherits from his father, Avram, in other words, from Yitzchak and Avram, he inherits Har Seir, Loresh Soi Soi. Says the Gemara, that's no proof for a Goy. Dilma Yisroel Mumer Shiny. Maybe Esav, well, Yashin, because Ayid, Blight Ayid, he's a Mumer Taka. He is, what, a suspected of, he Taka survival, he's an idol worshiper. But, so maybe he Yashin the father, but a guy doesn't Yashin. So the Rogachover says, I'm a Furushi Gemara, right? You have a Furushi Gemara, that you have a Yisroel Mumer, Yerusha Soviv Midoy Raisa. Okay, now, other Rishenim already bring this proof, those who learn. He definitely saw, because interesting, he brings a rich for Zora. Anyway, which is not so usual. He brings Rambams and Rashis and Taisus and Ritvas. Not often. Rams, yeah. I mean, not often. Halavai, I would know if it's often or not. I talk like I know what I'm talking about. I'm sorry. I don't know what it often means. Let's, he, let me finish. He gave, he gave Zerachel, and Isa was excluded because he never went to Mitzrayim. 
So he was excluded. Yeah, we, we've discussed that in the past. But anyway, you have your Chlorog, your that, uh, and the Yisrael Mumra, I'm sorry. Yeah, Yisrael Mumra is Yerusha Sofif. Uh, others say there's no right from the Posik, listen to how they learn. Yisrael Mumra, Yerusha Sofif means he makes others inherit. He himself didn't inherit. The Rush on the spot learns Yisrael Mumra, Yerusha Sofif doesn't mean he inherits from his father. He doesn't inherit. He can make inherit his son, but he himself doesn't inherit. His son will yashim from him, but he doesn't yashim others. Anyway, the Psaka Loch and Rambam. Rambam, Hilchus Nachlis. He's the Rebbe, the Rambam, the Rogachovas Rebbe. He's the Rambam, the Rambam Paskins, Mefurish, that are Yisrael, Mumer, Yarshans, Menatura from his father, and Hilchus Nachlis, Perik Vov, Halachu Yudbez, I think it is. And the Magad Mishnah says, the mocker is this Gemara and Kedushin, that Yisrael, Mumer is Yerushas Oviv, right? The Rambam only says that if the Bezin sees need that for certain to strengthen the Yiddish guy, to strengthen different things, that Dafka, to make a special institute, that this Jew, who is a Meshumet, is a troublemaker, and if he's going to Yashim, it's not going to be good for the Eden, or not good for him. So they see in, that for the benefit of different reasons, there's a beneficial, there's something beneficial for him not to Yashim, they have the right, there's a lot of Hefker, Bez and Hefker, they have the right to have him not Yashim, not inherit. But Midorai Yisrael Mumma Yashim, says the Rogich Chover. yes Midorai say even if Yisrael Mumma Yashim, but that's an individual. So a son from a father Yarshans. But we're talking about a Klal Yisrael, and that's a Das Korach. There are Korach that become segregated from Am Yisrael. And therefore Korach doesn't have a share on the land. Anyway, that's one Akuda, because it's, it's five past, I'm finishing here. Rogachover, I'm just, I want to bring to your attention, the Rogachover goes on and explains in a most beautiful fashion. Two different Gemaras where we talk about the Kalim, of the uh, in the halach of Einodom that you have no right. Anyway, I'm I'm complicating you, but he explains. He reconciles with this approach that when it comes to inyonim of the tzibur, right, and one is an apostate, so therefore he has no claim there because he segregates. He's forfeited the section. So therefore, with that, he explains reconciles con- contradictions in the Gemara. He then goes on to introduce halachas of korbonos. What role does a yid have in relation to a korban? Because the halacha is the Raman Paskins in Hilchas, in Hilchas Maisa Korbonis Peregimel, and in Hilchas Gogos, that we do not accept korbonos from a mummer. If someone is an apostate, we don't accept korbonos from him. Nevertheless, listen to an interesting thing. Nevertheless, the korban Sibur in the Beis Amigdosh will atone for him. He himself can't send the korban, we won't accept his korban. Nevertheless, he's part of the Tzibur, Yes, that it can be an atonement for him. And with that he explains the Gemara in Mesechta Chigiga, which we've learned, that the Korban Tomid, which was brought throughout the Yidin's stay in the desert, says the Gemara, the Yidin didn't have a desire of the Yegel. So how was there a Korban brought? We can't accept a Korban from apostates. Says the Gemara, Shevet Levi brought it. Mm-hmm. So there are two ways of learning. One is that the Shevet Levi brought it with their own uh, holdings, with their own belongings, with their own money. But that has to be brought on behalf of the call, so we say shevet echad ikrikol, but another definition is that no, they actually brought on behalf of the Jewish people, and the Jewish people chipped in, <coughs> so what they chipped in becomes part and parcel, so what do you see here? So you see that when a korban is brought on their behalf, they're atoned, even though they themselves cannot send a korban, so he goes to analyze that, again, just to highlight and explain for us what role and what does that individual have when it comes to public in Yonim, when they join up with public. On the one hand, that atonement can be as part of the public. On the other hand, they can't ship in as part of the public. Anyway, there's a lot more to discuss. And he concludes, and he wants to make a distinction between Kriya Satura, Tefillah Shachris, and Tefillah Musaf, and Anyway, L'chaim, have a good night. Thanks for coming.